Happy New Year, everyone! Welcome back to Strange New Worlds, a science and Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wong. To kick off 2024, I'm going to share an interview that I did for the Dice in Mind podcast last year. Dice in Mind is a podcast exploring the meaning of life through the lens of RPGs, or role-playing games like Dungeons & Dragons or Star Trek Adventures. Although the show is ostensibly focused on RPGs, every once in a while the hosts, Jason and Brad, invite guests to talk about other nerdy subjects that they're interested in. It turns out that both of them are huge fans of Star Trek, space science, and drumroll please, this very podcast. So, it was a huge pleasure to go and join Jason and Brad on Dice in Mind to talk about my scientific journey, my podcasting journey, my Star Trek journey, and how all of them interleave with one another. I'm playing this interview for you now for two main reasons. First, it was a really fun interview for me to do. Jason and Brad made me laugh, reflect, think, and I just felt so at home speaking with them. Second, some of the topics that we're going to chat about in this interview will be relevant for some of the upcoming episodes of Strange New Worlds that I have planned for 2024, so I thought that it would be a great way to kick off the year. For example, Dyson Mind's co-host Jason Kaufman holds a PhD in psychology, is a professor in the College of Education at Minnesota State University, and is the co-author of a new book titled Leadership in Star Trek, Lessons from the Captain's Chair. That book was still in the works when the interview was recorded, but has since been published. So congrats, Jason! One of the goals of mine for this year is to read that book and interview Jason on Strange New Worlds. But before we get there, let's listen to Jason and Brad interview me. Ready? Engage. Dr. Michael Wong is a Carnegie postdoctoral fellow at the Carnegie Institution for Science's Earth and Planets Laboratory, working with Robert M. Hazen, Shauna M. Morrison, Peter Gao, and others. His primary scientific interests are planetary atmospheres, habitability, biosignatures, and the emergence of life. He is also co-authoring a revised edition of the textbook, Astrobiology, a Multidisciplinary Approach, with Professor Jonathan Lunin. Dr. Wong's other passions include photography, writing, public speaking, graphic design, and playing a variety of team sports. He hosts a podcast called Strange New Worlds, which examines science, technology, and culture through the lens of Star Trek. Well, Mike, uh, we were just talking beforehand a bit, but thank you so very much for joining us, wasting a little time with us. Um, we've been we've been fans of your podcast, uh, and I've been fans of your work for a while. And so we want to talk Trek. We want to talk planetary science. But first, I got to start with like a, a comment slash question. It'll end with a question, I promise. Okay. Um, and I, I, I was about to email you over the past week so many times that I'm like, no, no, I'm just going to save it. This can be our opener. Uh, a few years ago, I came across a musical 
that is easily <laughs> one of my, I'm not kidding, one of my favorite musicals. And I didn't realize, I never made the connection, Mike, that you were in it. And I'm talking about what Boldly Go, yes, which I yes. found on YouTube. I don't remember, I was searching for something. I don't remember how I came across it, <laughs> but I, I, I came across like in one of the Caltech flyers or something online. And I'm like, I have to find this. I have to see this. And it's available on YouTube. And I sat down some weekend and I just watched it. And it was just so much fun. It's like, these are my people, but how can they <laughs> act and sing? Right. And you were in that. Yeah, but so, I, I couldn't act or sing <laughs> well you look good on stage i mean so i and i saw you singing so don't give me that um i would love to know oh, i mean i would love to know about that yeah. how did that happen oh my goodness thank you for asking about that what a blast from the past so um i, I was in graduate school at caltech um and i was going through my mid-grad school crisis years i'm, I'm sure that's familiar <laughs> <laughs> to you, you know, just getting getting kind of lost, doing a little research, but really wondering like, what am I actually doing? Where is this all leading? Um, and in the the the, I think it was the middle of my fourth year, maybe um, of grad school, uh, Caltech Theater decides to put on a Star Trek parody musical. Mm -hmm. And that of course coincided, it was 2016, as you mentioned, um, that was the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. And I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna go and do this. Having had no theater background, oh, wow. having had absolutely no um, musical theater background <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but the wonderful thing about Caltech is that it's such a, stem oriented school that um the the extracurriculars are kind of just like wide open you know mm -hmm. trying out for something in terms of musical theater i didn't have to compete with any music majors i didn't have to compete with any oh, yeah. theater majors i could just walk in there in my cosplay for the for the audition and i'm pretty sure it's got to be it had to be like my star trek badge that that won me the part because oh it God. wasn't my voice that's for sure <laughs> um still can't hold a tune but uh but i i was able to land the role of sulu so this was a parody of the original Star Trek, yep. uh, which was just fabulous because I got to spend, you know, Sulu's like always on the bridge, right? He's always there typing mm -hmm. on his, uh, you know, the navigation console. And um, and so I got to spend, you know, like half the musical just on stage, you know, miming right. Star Trek things. Um, and it was just such a blast because this musical brought together a whole huge slice of the Caltech community from cool. undergraduates to grad students, to staff, to even JPL scientists, because JPL and Caltech have a very close mm -hmm. relationship. Um, and I was singing about Star Trek alongside people who looked up to me as their mentor and also people who I looked up to as, you know, thank you for running the spacecraft missions that made my, so my cool. thesis possible. You know, wow. <laughs> And uh, it's it, it was just simply one of the most remarkable things that I did. I got absolutely no research done in the months leading up to <laughs> <laughs> the show. And my thesis advisor definitely noticed. He told me, afterwards mike please never do anything like that oh, again funny. but it was totally worth it <laughs> that's that's so cool you got, and to, I mean... you got to stretch yourself you know oh, and, yeah. and and 
and see a different side. I find that that's actually fascinating. I didn't know that Caltech did that. So, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's 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 a great program, the, the theater program at Caltech, and the director of the theater program, believe it or not, is Brian Brophy, who played uh, Commander Bruce Maddox in the Star Trek: The Next Generation oh, you're, episode, you're kidding. The Measure of the Man. Uh, so he, yeah, he was Maddox, the guy who tried to take apart Data, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, one not, of my uh, absolute favorite episodes. Data. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a stunning episode. It's always on people's top 10 lists of Star Trek yeah. episodes of all time. And he played the main, I guess, quote unquote, villain of the episode. Mm. Um, but uh, it's just, you know, just getting to work alongside him with all of his Star Trek knowledge. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, he's a great actor. He has great stories about working with Patrick Stewart. Um, and then just meeting a whole bunch of other like-minded scientist Trekkies uh, on yeah. that show. Uh and also, I, I I went. The reason why I'd got no research done, the real reason is because I went to every single rehearsal that I could, even the ones that I wasn't like my part wasn't being uh, you know rehearsed because yeah. I knew that inevitably somebody else in the company would be too busy to come to that rehearsal, yes. and I would get to fill in for their role. So I played mm -hmm. Spock, I played Kirk, I played oh, literally cool. you know every I played a a, a red shirt chorus girl. You know. <laughs> did you really in the yeah in the, all the rehearsals i played like literally every single part because it was so much fun to do to embody a klingon for an hour or two you know or or, or to yeah just oh my gosh uh practice my william shatner voice mm -hmm. that's the kato kind of you know um, yeah. delivery uh become as emotionless as spock it was it was so fun. Um, yeah, absolutely no regrets doing it. Met some lifelong friends uh, who, you know, we still stay in touch. Uh, nice. Met the person that I ended up starting my podcast with, Elise Cutts, who is a, now a science journalist. Oh, cool. uh, and it was it was just really fun. And undoubtedly, those are all skills that served you for the thesis defense. Oh my goodness! You wouldn't believe it. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh. You know, people people always say like, don't. No, just, I'm actually being serious here. Because, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like, like science. I I always I like to say that science isn't done until science is shared, right? And so yes. that kind of yes. like, you know, the things that you 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 do in theater actually translate into you know science communication, whether it's just through through a podcast or me getting up in front of hundreds of people uh, to give a talk, you know, at a conference. It's really, really important uh, to, to, you know, I, I do, I still do the um, vocal warm-ups that I learned from Brian Brophy doing oh, wow. the Boldly Go musical before I go into like a really high stakes talk wow. that I am nervous about, right? Because yeah, yeah. they just help center myself. They help get me nice. in the mode of projecting my voice. Um, and, you know, it's probably just... Um, just 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 psychological you would know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, wow. to, you know rather than like actually you know helping me with my delivery of that particular scientific content but just to get me in the zone right um it's it, it's a really it's a physical act to to yeah. to give a big talk so i i really did actually take a lot of lessons from being on stage that i translate into my scientific wow. life that that's really cool. And I mean, I, I mean, you do, a, I, I don't really do any of this. You do a ton of it, but if anything, cause you know, this is an audio only podcast. And so if it's not just remarkably apparent from our voices, the two of us are at least a decade, at least on you, right? Probably more than that, but 
Um, it's taken me a long time to really realize that as beautiful as science is, un until it's disseminated, until it's communicated, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you discover. It doesn't matter the joy of it. You've got to, you've got to tell someone. And, and, and toward that note, you know, speaking of being in the zone, one of the things that I think impresses us most about your podcast, other than, you know, like I remember saying to myself when I discovered uh, your podcast that that it's like science and Star Trek, and that's what this guy talks about. And I think I actually said out loud to my phone, you had me at hello. Sad but true. But, <laughs> you know, with the zone issue, when you record, or I, sh I don't know when you record, but but when your episodes come out and when you talk to these fascinating people, um, even your sister, which could have sounded, I mean, I, I would have imagined that conversation would have sounded differently, but you are just so darn enthusiastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, well, but I, but I really mean that because I think that's hard to find. And it, you know, you don't have to out yourself right now, but is that legit? Like you sound like you are just in love with what you're talking about when you're on those episodes. Yeah, it's it's legit because I view my podcast as a labor of love. Mm -hmm. It's something that I do on the side, right? Because I'm a full-time scientist mm -hmm. um, and the podcast is just my excuse to have really cool conversations with really cool people. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, going from people who have actually been on Star Trek to people who make Star Trek happen to people just like me who love Star Trek and, you know, maybe are scientists or are writers or something, you know, it's just, uh, it's wonderful to make that kind of human connection to somebody. Um, and, you know, that's exactly what we're doing right here on Dyson Mind. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying this and I look forward to having you on Strange New Worlds one day when your book on leadership in Star Trek comes out. Thank you. Count on it. That would be awesome. Thank you. Um, can I can yeah. I ask a more? It's uh, being the air quote non scientist scientist on the on the <laughs> podcast for for those that are listening that may not necessarily know. Um, you know, we're going to have obviously in the show notes links to to find you out on the web and everything. You're listed as a planetary scientist and astrobiologist. Yeah, which which you know. That is, I mean, cool without even completely understanding everything. What is an astrobiologist? <laughs> Great question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. An astrobiologist is basically uh, a person who is trying to study these two questions. Where did we come from and are we alone in the universe? Um, so, you know, basically trying to understand the origin of life here on Earth and potential origins of life elsewhere. And then also, how do we look for life elsewhere in the universe? Um, you know, whether it's our next door planet, Mars, or a distant exoplanet that is orbiting a faraway star. You know, what are the techniques? What are the technologies? Uh, what, are, what are the missions going to look like that actually goes out and explores those strange new worlds and seeks out new life, you know? Um, so I really am inspired by Star Trek. I've got to give Star Trek all of the credit here for really, um, you know, inspiring me to pursue those questions because that's the way I think about it in my mind is that I always wanted to grow up and be like my heroes on Star Trek um, in the scientific way and hence my scientific journey, but then also, you know, be those types of 
people, those types of characters, those types of role models, those types of leaders. And I'm really looking yeah. forward to, you know, speaking to you two uh, about leadership in in track and how, uh, you know, the 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 science behind leadership is being depicted uh, in yeah. in Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we. I, I pro we're gonna get to Trek in a sec, but since you brought up leadership, mm -hmm. I'm I'm I've got a question, and you are welcome, Mike, to say just no comment. <laughs> okay. But okay. um, because I oh respect that. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think you will. But but you know, you never know. Um, you. Mm -hmm. are... Jason's the controversial one of the both of us. Just I'm, <laughs> I'm. I yeah yeah yeah. We're 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 just hardcore softballers, right? Um, no, yeah, but yeah. but but in terms of leadership and in terms of the intersection with science. And, and like you said, you, I mean, you are an active and I know very busy scientist. I mean, you, you're involved in all mm. kinds of stuff and, and you, my friend are involved in all kinds of stuff, uh, with some pretty prominent people as you become one yourself. So I got to ask, because I remember you're in Robert Hazen's lab or working with him. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Bob and I see each other almost every day. Um, yeah. I I was assigned his Science Matters when I was in college. It, I don't know if it was like the wow. first edition or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to say WoW is because it's neat that it's a book and not we're that old. But it was an early, early edition. And it was one of those books where, I mean, I, I, well, I've got most of my college books, but it was one of those books where, you know, there are certain things you read right? Like, mm -hmm. like the Tao of physics, you, you might not agree with everything, or it might've been a little sophomoric in retrospect, but like, you're never gonna, especially the later books, like you're never gonna leave that. It's always, or, you know, whatever, Asimov and whatnot, but science matters just open my mind. And I've read mm -hmm. him since, and he's such a preeminent scientist and he's such a beautiful science writer. Like yes. that's a rare yes. thing. Like he's up there with people like, like Sapolsky. Right. This mm -hmm. is, uh, I mean, to, this is my opinion only, but it's hard to write beautifully mm -hmm. and deeply about science, much, much less, you know, tell the tale of the evolution of a planet. Like I, I put, I, I'm blocking on, um, blocking on the title of that when I put that down and I was like, oh, story of earth, probably. Thank you. Story yep. of earth. And it's like, oh, so this planet has been alive in a way I never even recognized for the yep. past few billion years, several billion years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm just curious especially since you're seeing him talking to him every day, like, like just stay focused on you as a scientist to be able to work with someone with that knowledge base and that, you know, awareness. I mean, he's been at this for a long time, right? What does that do for you in terms of being a scientist in terms of models of leadership in yeah. science? Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I would love to pick your brain. Um, where to start? I guess I have to just begin by saying I've been very lucky in my career to have had some incredible mentors. And Bob is the latest one. I look up to him so much. Um, you know, I have to just pinch myself to to every morning because I get a slice of Bob Hazen's time. Um, and he wants to spend that time with me too. And that's just like, what is going on? Because I look up to him so much uh, for all the same reasons that you do. He's an amazing scientist, mm -hmm. so knowledgeable about earth and planetary science, um, and also just the most 
incredible and prolific writer of science. You know, he'll just, he'll go home and say, oh, I think I'm done for the day. And he'll come back the next morning with like a whole brand new manuscript. And we're just like, Bob, (laughs) what were you, you were supposed to sleep last night. But he just, he, what impresses me the most is his passion for it. You know, he just can't stop himself from doing science. And when we're having our conversations every once in a while, I'll just, you know, it's not necessarily something that I said, but maybe something that one of our other group mates say, and I'll see tears start to form in Bob's eyes because he's oh, just loving cool. it so much. You but, know, this is a guy in his mid seventies. Yeah, that says it all. Who, who basically, you know, has the enthusiasm and the open-mindedness of a seven-year-old. You know, he is still a kid at heart, is still discovering the universe, wanting to make discoveries and wanting to share them with other people all the time, nonstop. Um, and to have him as a mentor, as a colleague, and as a friend is just one of the most inspiring things. It, it makes me want to look forward to going into work on Monday morning. I'm just like, this, is, this has got to be the most wonderful job ever. How how lucky am I to want the weekend to be over so that I can go in and work with Bob Hazen? Uh, it's, yeah, it's great. That's really Well, cool. you could tell, you obviously have that same passion. You could just tell by, you know, when you're talking about it. And again, I I come from a different arena, a different ecosystem, but I've, I've told Jason this and I've told Aaron, his his co-writer on the books, and, and I'll say it to you as well, is for me, looking in at scientists like you, that gives me hope because we've, I function in a different realm where we don't necessarily think that broadly outside of, outside of a, a balance sheet or whatever the case may be. So that's why I'm fascinated by asking these type of questions. And I do the same thing as even knowing Jason 30 years. And it gives me hope to see and to know that there are people like you out there who are stretching our knowledge and pushing us beyond just basic understanding. So not to, not to, and I don't mean that in a patronizing way at all. Um, but question, um, why did you choose the Titan as your background? Now, for those that don't know <laughs> yeah, the good, background, good, the good. background, this is audio only, but behind mm, Mike, gracious. there is a phenomenal yeah. picture of um, the Titan that you'd see on the end credits for mm. season three of Picard. So, yeah. and obviously watching those credits, I think, I, don't, I think Terry Matala said something on Twitter or something like that. What, after the first episode, we start looking at the credits and starting to decipher yeah. all yeah. the little mm-hmm. things that, what, you know, the, the, the notes tighten mm-hmm. where the damage is, the, mm-hmm. the shipyard, all of that. It's so mm-hmm. I, I got to ask what, what made you choose the Titan war damage screen? Well, you know, it's it's just a really beautiful image. Um, that's got to be reason number one. Uh, the work, the production work on Star Trek Picard season three has been phenomenal. I know they brought back a bunch of the old guard, like Mike Akuda, to come and do a lot of these, you know, L cars type uh, graphic design. And it really, it really struck me as, uh, wow, these people really care about the legacy of Star Trek and trying to honor that for the fans. And that was really wonderful. To be 100% honest, I am not the biggest fan of the Titan itself <laughs> as yeah. a starship. I think it looks a little weird. I much prefer, you know, the the, the more smooth contours of, say, the Galaxy-class Enterprise-D or the USS Voyager and things like that. But, yeah. hey, you know, it's our hero ship this season, so I made it my Zoom background. Very, very very ecumenical, very, very tolerant. 
<laughs> they tried to they tried to merge. You could you could tell how with the Titan they tried to merge the old and the new. If you look at the Titan versus yeah. like season two with the Stargazer yeah. at the yeah. end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they've got a rationale, right? In terms mm-hmm. of planetary utopia and whatnot. So on this note, I'm curious, because we Brad and I are always interested in this. What what was your foray into Star Trek? How did you yeah. get the bug? Yeah, uh, it's got to be uh, my dad. You know, when I was a little kid, um, I, I remember watching TNG with him, actually, uh, when I was growing up. Uh, and yeah, he was a fan of the original series when he was a kid. He watched uh, TNG as an adult. And it, it wasn't like anything that he was like, now, Mike, you know, sit down. We're going to watch Star Trek together. <laughs> it was just something on TV that, um, you know, I, I really... I just fell in love with um, watching alongside my dad. I remember being super mesmerized by Data uh, when I was a kid. You know, this this person is acting kind of weird. He looks kind of weird, too, with with this, like, metallic skin. What is up with him? I didn't have any understanding of what an android was. You know, I was in elementary school at the time, so it didn't make any sense to me. But it was just mesmerizing to watch Brent Spiner's performance and to see him do it all all over again in star trek picard uh seasons one two and three you know just really starring as all of these versions of the sung androids and the sung family uh he's just such a masterful actor one of my favorites to watch and um he still got it yeah Mm. yeah he's what do you yeah what do you think of of okay now i'm getting into the fanboy area what do you think so far of now jace when i should i'm gonna break the fourth wall by Long the time after. this we're we okay. can talk about anything this is coming okay. out okay. after Picard i sometimes i sometimes yeah. spoil inadvertently so i always have to ask this <laughs> my clock so brad suffers yeah. from some temporal distortion regularly yeah. when it comes <laughs> to recording yeah <laughs> um what are your thoughts because as we as we're recording this we are waiting mere days for the season the series finale oh, yeah episode 10 yeah. jason and i just we just all we probably all three of us have watched episode nine so we're up to speed what's your take on what they've done this year is kind of a swan song for the next generation. I just don't want it to end, you know, as, as the episodes tick down and uh, as I love each one so much and I realize how little there is left, I really just, I just, I don't want it to end. Um, And I hope that it isn't the end of the next generation era of Star Trek, you know, which includes Mm -hmm. in my Mm -hmm. mind, Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Uh, I'd love to see more of the legacy characters figure out what they're up to. Um, And, you know, I think if hopefully, you know, I have no idea. I'm not on, you know, Paramount Plus's uh, stats or anything. I have no idea what the viewership is like, but I, I, my fingers are crossed that uh, Trekkies are tuning in all around the globe to to see this and just showing by their actions, by their viewership, that we want more of this um, mm-hmm. because it's it's been such an incredible journey. And yeah. uh, I, I, I've really enjoyed season three. I'll, I'll have to say season one, I was super hyped for, but it didn't quite, you know, it, it disappointed, honestly, towards yep. the very end. Mm-hmm. Season mm-hmm. two, I got super hyped for. And then again, it disappointed by the end. It's sort of yeah. like, you know, once you get to the back half of the season, it sort of just slid downhill for me for both of those first two seasons of Picard. Yeah. And so going into season three, I was just like, I'm not going to make the same mistake. I'm not going to get super, super hyped about it. I'm just going to see what happens. Yep. Yep. And it's they've knocked it out of the park. Honestly, it's been great. I no. will say I had to. I saw this in the news. You pulling the passing. data? You, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, yeah. Picard uh, broke. It's the first Star Trek series to break the top ten in streaming. 
yeah. as of oh, the, cool. the week ending the 19th, that was number nine. Yeah. Wow. Mandalorian, yeah. for those that are Disney fans, was number three. So just that yeah. gives people some. And yeah. Ted Lasso, for those, I don't technically watch all those, but that just tells you what's mm-hmm. in this list. And for Picard I mean, to meet that yeah. and break that top 10. It's gained traction. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you, because I mean, I'm, you know, well, okay, let's do it this way. Um, We would love it if you would talk a bit about your wonderful podcast, especially like the Genesis, yes. I, no pun intended, yeah. but like how, <laughs> how, I mean, because, you know, you just, you've got all this free time. It's like, why not? I, you know, I'm not really doing anything professionally, so I'll just start a podcast because that's not a time suck. I mean, how did, how did, because you've been at it for a while and sometimes yeah. your episodes are more frequent than other times, yeah. but you talk about it. Right, right. Which is exactly. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So the podcast doesn't follow a regular schedule because I feel like I just want to do it when I can. Right. And so maybe that's every week for mm-hmm. four weeks in a row. And then yeah. I take four weeks off because I'm busy traveling. And I do that so that it doesn't feel like work because I don't want it to feel like work. I want it to feel like fun. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the genesis of it was 2017. Star Trek Discovery was coming out. Star Trek back on TV yes. or streaming yes. TV. And uh, I was listening to other Star Trek podcasts. Mm-hmm. I was listening to people dissect the plot, dissect the costumes, try to figure out what the characters are doing, um, you know, the mystery of Lorca, etc. But nobody was talking about the science. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's weird. There's a lot of cool science in this show, or you know, mm-hmm. the, the show is trying at least to make a connection to certain scientific areas. And I searched for a science of Star Trek podcast. And I was like, is there really no science of Star Trek podcast? This this can't be. Um, and then I realized, wait a minute, I think I know some people who would be able to speak to the science in Star Trek Discovery. So I decided, why not me? Why not start a nice. podcast? Uh, I, I was very lucky to have um, a willing co-host in Elise Cutts who had a complimentary knowledge base to myself. I was more, much more on the physical side of the sciences at that time, and she was coming in with a geobiology background. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we covered a, a wide range of sciences. Of course, we, we'd never had a psychologist, <laughs> but uh, it, was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was good to start off with and talk about the science of space, the science of tardigrades, the science of biosignatures. Eventually, we did get a sports psychologist just on um that was uh, really interesting yeah 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 uh and then uh you know i'm, I'm looking forward oh uh, there was another psychologist um from the university of washington uh, at the Astro- in the astrobiology program there they actually have psychologists studying uh you know human interaction with technology yeah, as we go so into cool. space uh, also uh thinking about um octopus brains as sort of like mm-hmm. alternate modes of intelligence and what they can teach us about potentially yeah. intelligence in other worlds was uh, was that the couple of episodes around 10c species 10c uh that one was different? actually um professor sherry wells jensen from okay. uh, bowling green state university okay sherry was one of the uh consultants i think for the generation of 10c's language okay. um and uh it was it was yeah. really amazing to talk to her because she is blind has been blind from birth yeah. and so perceives the world in a different way what a wonderful kind of person to ask to consult on a mm. completely alien species that also perceives and communicates in a very different way from uh the normal human being because you i mean what I, one of the things i think we appreciate about your interviews is like that one, like I said, that one to me is really emblematic of this, but 
you don't shy away from the depth of the science. Like, like you got deep into semantics. Like I was, I was saying there, like this, this isn't surface level, and you do that with with a lot of your guests, especially the the scientist guests of of look, here's your field. What do you think? Tell me about your research, and and you can tell they feel comfortable, but it's not gloss, and that's mm. refreshing. Yeah, yeah, I do try to do a little bit of homework um, beforehand, so I try to read their papers, right, uh, for the subject that we're about to discuss. So in, in the specific case of Sherry Wells Jensen, I think I read like three or four of, uh, wow. of her works um, just because it's not my field. If, if I were interviewing another planetary scientist or an astrobiologist, I probably wouldn't need to read up those papers. But because I was interviewing somebody who you know, was a professor of linguistics and I have no background in linguistics. I mean, I took like a linguistics class in college, but that barely counts. Um, you know, I, I really did need to uh, make sure that as the host, I could ask somewhat intelligent yeah. questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I, I did a little background reading. Yeah. yeah. Without uh, without any spoilers on your part here, mm -hmm. not, uh, not in terms of people, but I'm curious, uh, it, are there topics are there topics or are there threads you would love to be able to address on your show in the future, whether it's it's near or distant, like things you just haven't had a chance to and and you just think it's such a good fit. It's such a good fit for Trek. Oh, that's a, such a great question. Um, yes, uh, there are. I mean, OK, well, besides the obvious leadership in Star Trek, um, which yeah. we've mentioned numerous times now, um, I also want to do an episode about multiverses we've seen this concept oh. of the multiverse in star trek a lot mm -hmm. there is a scientific concept of the multiverse actually there are many different flavors of the scientific concept of a multiverse mm -hmm. and so um you know really dissecting okay what are the possibilities for there being other universes why do we suspect that there are actually other universes out there from an astrophysical and cosmological point of view mm -hmm. uh, i did reach out to sean carroll i knew a, that was coming <laughs> physicist um he, yeah. he's a, he's an amazing science commuter himself he's one of the few yeah. people who has ever said no to me in terms of coming on my podcast so one day sean i will get you yeah. but uh but he was too busy that time so um and then another one that i i really want to do sticking with the astrophysics theme is sort of like the end of our universe and what that's like uh -huh. so you may remember this really awesome uh deep space nine episode where there are these genetically enhanced folk who were really concerned oh, yeah. about like yeah. the heat death of the universe, mm -hmm. right? And trying to prevent that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is like something of cosmological proportions. Like how in the world do you prevent the heat death of the universe? That is baked into the second law of thermodynamics. And that's like mm -hmm. something you just can't, it's like trying to uh, turn off gravity. Well, I guess in Star Trek, they kind of can, but that's magic. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I would love it's to cute. talk to somebody about yeah. that. Yeah, it's cute. So, yeah. so like a Katie Mack or someone like that? You know exactly who I want to <laughs> Hilarious. I've yeah. got her book on my bookshelf. I'm going to read her book first. It's good. Because again, yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't know anything about this. And then I'm going to email her and say, would you like to be on Strange New World? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. it's it's good and it's super current. Mm -hmm. Like there was, a, and I'm blocking, it's on my shelf somewhere here. It's, there was, um, there was a, a book along the same lines that came out late 90s. Right. I mean, so it was dated and like, I remember reading it one night in bed, like toward the end. And it's like, you, you don't think you can get excited about proton decay, but at a certain point it's like, Ooh, this is fascinating. But, um, <laughs> but that was, that was 20 some years ago and her book, it's like right now. And you know, not that physics has learned anything in 20 some years, but it's, you know, 
pretty impressive. Yeah. Kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is so much fun. We really appreciate you taking the time with us. Of um, you, you know, it's just everything you're doing. Um, also, we, we noticed, so are you still doing photography? Yeah. That was one of my biggest hobbies when I was in college and grad school. Um, yeah. I, you know, did photography for the newspapers and the, the oh, yearbook. Nice. Yeah. Um, since I left grad school, you know, um, you know, being a being not a student anymore, um, yeah. it you know it's harder to contribute to the new to the student oh. newspaper and to the student yeah. yearbook. You know, they'd yeah. be like, "What are you doing here? You're like a real adult. Go away." Um, so uh, I, I I still do photography in terms of like travel photography, but it's a lot less because one of my favorite things to photograph, uh, you know, was events on campus, sports games, um, things like mm. that. So, um, yeah, it's it's mm. waned in 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 the past few years especially due to covid um you know yeah. uh but uh but i still enjoy it yeah yeah you you've got some really lovely nature pieces oh, thank too. You. i'm, I'm thank partial you. to those that's yeah. jason's that's jason's realm is nature photography well it, it was trying to get back yeah. into it right kind yeah. of a similar thing yeah yeah very very cool Man. hey before we before we do wrap up i want to i want to i want to plug your podcast just for a second because i want people to understand that you don't have to be a scientist to listen. Most of the time, I think all of us oh, who whoa. are podcast listeners are looking for entertainment and for mm -hmm. education. And I think it's important. We try to do the same thing here. But if they listen to that, they're going to, I learn, and I'm not a scientist by trade, but it's very accessible material, even if you get down like you were just talking about. So that's why I would, I would recommend folks, even if they are in a different realm of study, to to listen because again going yeah. back to what i said before i'm i learned from listening to you all you know? and so mm -hmm. so i have a little bit i'm a, when jason was when jason paid you and convinced you to join us i didn't <laughs> don't sit on air don't <laughs> sit on air yeah, sorry yeah. sorry yeah. 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 Cut we'll, we'll cut um, it out it's okay yeah cut it yeah. out yeah. um yeah. no i was i was actually very excited because because i always love to talk to people who are who to the podcast that we listen to Mm -hmm. So, oh yeah, well, and so strange new worlds, right? Strange yeah. new worlds, a science and Star Trek podcast, and I gotta say, kudos on naming it because <laughs> the the timing and the coincidence could not be better. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, again, I I named the podcast uh, in 2017 before Strange New Worlds, the TV show, was even a glimmer yeah. Yeah, in yeah, somebody's yeah. eye. Um, but uh, you know, the 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 runner up, I was you know debating should it be called Strange New Worlds or should it be called uh, Trekno Babble? That was the alternative, Trekno Babble. Oh. Um, and I was like. You know what? I'm a planetary scientist. I study strange new worlds, so it's going to be strange new nice. worlds. <laughs> yeah, and it's accessible, right? Like people get it. Yeah, right. It's yeah. there's no inside joke there. It's just strange mm -hmm. new worlds. Now you are also you've got quite a bit online, right? You've got a bunch of talks online. I mean, mm, yeah. I'm not kidding. To to go back to the very beginning, um, you know, everybody, if you if Google boldly go. Caltech, that should be enough to get you there. I'm seriously thinking about about watching it again once mm -hmm. semester's over. Um, much of what I know about Andorians and their vocal skills, it's from that musical. It's <laughs> it's so impressive. That is so impressive. Um, if 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 people want to who aren't already familiar with you and your work, 
you know, fun research, whatever. If, if they're not already familiar beyond the podcast, where do you want them to go? What should they check out? Oh, for my work. Um, well, well know, anything, anything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I've got a website. You can look at all of the projects that I'm currently engaged in. Uh, they have links to my papers. If you're really interested in doing a deep dive into the science, um, like you said, I've a number of science of Star Trek talks. That's one of you know my favorite ways of disseminating science. Um, and I was lucky enough last year to do a talk, uh, my very first one at a Star Trek convention, which was a dream come Super true. Cool. Um, I wasn't able to record that one, but I did it again for my um, workplace for the Carnegie Institution for yeah. Science. Uh, so that lecture is online. It's on YouTube. And it, it even comes with a panel of other scientists um, at Carnegie talking about how their science is related to Star Trek. And I moderate that. So uh, it's, it's yeah, I would say go check those out. Um, they were a lot of fun to put together. Um, and yeah, uh, I'd say that's it. <laughs> Really appreciate you taking the time with us this evening, Mike. Yeah, and please, we have to have you back because we didn't even we didn't even touch on the Star Trek stuff that we could have. Yeah. So, yeah, but that's no okay because there was because yeah. I could have probably I, I would have I would have taken the podcast out a little bit because I would have started quizzing you and you would have, <laughs> you would have, you, you, well because I'm so fascinated by it it would have turned more into a one on one type course and that's what we I, that's get a tutorial we, right yeah yeah we, yeah we won't come back after that so yeah. um that's awesome. but yeah thank you so much for joining us. Sure, no problem. Um, I'm surprised that you didn't ask me about RPGs. Oh, oh, well, oh, we well, never want to... Hold on. Okay, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Isn't we, this dice in mind? It is. We, we never want to assume, no, right? No. Okay, we're formally asking you about <laughs> RPGs. Do you play anything? Well, um, yeah, so I, I, I have played, um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons, mm -hmm. You know, I'm a casual player. If I get invited to a campaign, I'll play. But, it's, you know, I've never DM'd or anything like that. And over the pandemic, um, a few friends of mine, uh, we decided to do um, a Star Trek adventure. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Star, Star Trek, Trek Adventures. Adventures. Yeah. Star Trek Adventures, yeah. Um, oh, cool. And that was a lot of fun while it lasted. Uh, yeah. Of course, it fizzled out because people got, you know, burnt out of Zoom and uh, were just like, you know. Yeah. But it was cool. And and so I really do enjoy doing RPGs. Uh, it's fun. It, it really gets me back into that, like, enjoyment that I had acting, you know, um, right. for, for the Star Trek musical, uh, just, you know, embodying somebody new, trying out new things, um, being creative and just having fun. So, um, yeah, that that's that's yeah i just wanted to say that thank you nice for bringing mind. that up that's <laughs> so cool i think we can we can start to build our all-star cast we might call you at some point and say hey you want to play star trek adventures well, with us? You know? i i you would make a great gm for yeah. sta seriously that yeah. that's i can see i think you'd be a good fit for that well, thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm not sure if I'm up to it, but you're probably a little bit busy. But... <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe not now, but right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm Wait glad you brought I get it up. Tenure or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then you, you get tenure. You just see him walking around campus, no pants, and an armful of STA source books. <laughs> That's going to be me. That's yeah. going to be you. <laughs> well, good. Uh -oh. I hope that happens. Yeah, no, I'm awesome. glad you brought up the RPG thing. Like Jason said, we don't always assume and we mm -hmm. sometimes get so into like Star Trek or science or other cases, well, Star Wars. And and awesome we sometimes forget, like you. Yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we yeah. want to know the people. We know the games. So, right. yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike, just a delight. Thank you so mm -hmm. much to quote a famous podcaster. We'll see you out there. <laughs> oh, thanks so much.
It's, it's been a pleasure. That was my interview on Dice in Mind from 2023. If you want to explore life through the lens of RPGs or just hear more cool interviews with fellow nerds, I highly suggest checking out Dice in Mind wherever you get your podcasts. So, you know that Star Trek musical that I talked about with Jason and Brad? Well, next up on Strange New Worlds, I'm going to reunite with my former co-host, Elise Cutts, whom I met doing that Caltech Star Trek musical from 2016, to talk about the real Star Trek musical, that lyrical episode from the second season of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, titled Subspace Rhapsody. You won't want to miss this. Until next time, stay safe, stay curious, and I'll see you out there. I was actually thinking of saying this to him before we started recording, and then it just kind of went out of my head because A, it was asinine. And B, it wasn't entirely relevant. But I thought if he could somehow have an episode on cookies, then his podcast would have all of my favorite things together. I don't even I, know where to go with that. I really like cookies. Ask anyone. It's a I know, but I'm just trying to I'm trying to Star think. Star Trek Science and Cookies covered in the same podcast. What's not to love?